Hi, and welcome to All I Have to Say podcast. You can check us out on allihavetosay.net and All I Have to Say podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Jack Tomas. With me, as always, is the indemnable New York's finest, Raven Brown. Hello. <laughs> what a, a kind introduction. Oh, well, it's true. And when I think of a true New Yorker, has never existed more than Raven Brown. So well, you uh, can uh, find my new profile, social media profile on Truth Social. Right. And we will get <laughs> to that in a minute. Uh, but before that, let's discuss um, some what uh, Republican uh, Jack Assery has been going on this week. So the voting rights bill. Now, as we know, um, in the wake of the 2020 election, uh, Donald Trump and his and his allies have pushed the great lie, right, that the election was stolen, that Joe Biden is not the rightful president of the United States. And as a result, um, uh, dozens of states have uh, implemented very strict voting laws that are meant to disenfranchise uh, predominantly people of color and other groups that um, vote Democrat. And so the, uh, the Democrats put forward a voting rights bill that would uh, protect um, the, uh, you know, the sacred institution of uh, the right for Americans to vote and of course, the Democrats watered it down, watered it down to make, you know, try to make the Republicans happy. It was brought up to a vote to begin the discussion, not even a vote for the bill, a vote to begin discussion. And every single Senate Republican voted against it, which means that the filibuster issue came back up. And uh, they, you know, it's, it's not even going to be discussed. So, Raven, what the fuck? Well, I think it's important, right, to trace this back to the Supreme Court um, and Shelby County versus Holder, which is what? overturned section five of the Voting Rights Act in what, 2012. Um, so yeah, obviously we need to, we need a new Voting Rights Act, but we have seen starting in 2012, lots of votes, uh, excuse me, lots of laws on the books across the country that have you know sought to make it harder for people to vote. Um, and like, I just wanted, wanted to bring it back to the court because I think it, it highlights that the court needs to be reformed in that you can have somebody who's the chief justice of the Supreme Court, um, who is that out of touch with reality um, in that they think that um, race and income uh, are not still determining factors uh, right. in regard to access to participation in American democracy. 
right? Like that's not to say that things haven't changed since the 1960s. Obviously they have. Um, I mean, <laughs> in the 1960s, you know, a lot of people that gained the franchise under uh, or gained access to the franchise under the Voting Rights Act still lived in sharecropper housing, right? right? Obviously society has changed a lot. Um, but to be that out of touch with reality, to think that there's no role for the federal government in overseeing um, states' election policies is, you know, it's just kind of amazing to me. Right, especially when you're, when you're considering that these are not just local state, local races. We're talking about national races. We're talking about you know the 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 election that more people vote in which is the the one for the presidency yeah so how could the federal government not have a you know a, a stake in this game well i think it's also interesting like from a constitutional perspective we know that under the 10th amendment anything that isn't specifically enumerated to the federal government falls back to the states, but that Congress then has the ability to decide where, where and when it wants to expand the powers of the, of the federal government through the elastic clause, right? Um, like, it, you know, the initial legislation in 1965 was so important, but I think that it shows also like kind of, um, let's say there again, kind of willful ignorance in that things were so bad, um, but they decided that it had to be reapproved every, I believe it's every eight years or it was every eight years. Um, like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, I mean, you literally had people being murdered for the right to vote and Congress was like, well, this is going to get better in eight years. And <laughs> well, wasn't know. that wasn't that the rationale of why they got I mean, the public rationale for why the Republicans got rid of it in the first place is that they were like, well, we don't need this anymore. Yeah, Everything's exactly. Fine. That's what John Roberts said. He said that race no longer plays a defining, um, is no longer a defining characteristic in American society. And like the language of that, um, you know, is also kind of manipulative because yeah, a defining characteristic, okay. Sure, you can make the argument that race is not a defining characteristic, but it's still, affects people's lives right um like i don't know it just reminds me of this book this book that i read when i was in college i believe it was called caucasia um and the final line of the book was something like race isn't real but it does exist and like (laughs) i just yeah like it's just so absurd to me um, uh, but yeah, yeah, of course, Mitch McConnell's not going to want to vote on this. He doesn't, although, you know what, I'm kind of surprised 
because what does it matter to him anyway? I mean, they kind of have staked like the entire life of the party on being anti-democratic. Really the only things that they stand for are tax cuts and Trump. Right. Well, and this in particular, because you know, you 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 can't you can't not connect all the legislation that's been um, passed around different in different states and stuff about voting rights, and then you know connect it to this voting rights bill without discussing Donald Trump and the great lie that he is still like well, talking about to anybody who will listen to him. Um, and and his accomplices, uh, which are these assholes in the Senate, for the most part. Um, but uh, what about the filibuster? You know, this this brings up the whole thing about the filibuster again, right? I mean, that also takes us back to the civil rights era. Um, it's a way to block. I think, you know, honestly, I would say right now, if the Democrats in the Senate could get their house in order, um, it would be less important than it has been over the last 20 years, right? Because you can pass legislation with a simple 51 majority vote. Um, so, you know, it's when the numbers are closer to, well, when a party has a larger uh, majority, but not quite 60, I think that it comes into, I mean, I don't know, they can easily get around it if that, uh, Joe Manchin specifically, but other people. Like, I, I, my point here more is that why is Chuck Schumer allowing Mitch McConnell to still act like he's the Senate majority leader and not the Senate minority leader? Right. That's the real question. Yes, the majority is one and it's the vice president, but the Democrats are still in the majority. If the coin was flipped, McConnell would definitely not do the same thing. So why is Chuck Schumer playing it this way? Well, I think you know, it's something we've discussed several times, which is this myth of, that there can be any bipartisanship. Yeah. Um, you know, they, I mean, even even this, this voting rights bill or the, you know, the infrastructure or, you know, uh, package, it is so watered down from what it was originally was. And it was this whole thing to make Republicans happy and to make, you know, guys like Manchin happy in cinema. And um, by the end of it, you know, it's to compromise with these people, but like usually either they don't come to a compromise like they did with this voting rights bill where they just blocked it, or it's so watered down that what's the point? Yeah. Um, so that's not the only fun that's been going on in Congress this week. So the, uh, in the committee that is investigating the insurrection that happened on January 6th, which 
is a bipartisan committee. Um, uh, subpoenaed people uh, like you do for a trial, <laughs> right? And one of the people that they, um, that they subpoenaed was Steve Bannon, the bloated toad um, that, uh, that is one of, was, was always one of uh, Trump's right-hand right -hand guys. So um, Trump made it very clear to all his followers that they were to ignore any uh, subpoenas or investigations into the uh, January 6th and not hand over any paperwork or anything like that. Um, so Steve Bannon didn't go when he was subpoenaed and he is now been found in contempt of Congress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but this also started under Trump and the Mueller investigation. Um, like how many people, including Don Jr., refused to respond or got to respond um, in writing to questions during the Mueller investigation? Like, it's not surprising if you look at the history of it. Infuriating, is, yes, but yes. surprising, no. I mean, it's the same. You know, it's the it's the same thing um, that always happens with Trump and people around him. Nothing sticks to him. He does whatever he wants, and nothing sticks. Now, with people around him, we know that things have stuck, but they largely. Um, have haven't faced repercussions right i mean the fact that bannon is you know walking around <laughs> free and hasn't been you know held in contempt yet right like it's kind of a miracle in and of itself uh what's his name stone is out of prison uh michael flynn um managed to get away without uh being held accountable like i yeah it's insane. It's infuriating and it's insane. And it's part of, again, this, you know, slow moving coup that we've been discussing. Um, year is it <laughs> for seven years? But yeah. Like, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. But what, what always surprises me with something like this, and, and, you know, you, you, you mentioned, you know, you kind of alluded to it with the fact that nothing ever sticks to Trump, right? Um, is because he always finds somebody to take the bullet for him or bullets. And yes, I, why would you sacrifice yourself for Donald Trump? I have no idea because like you remember um, in the latest Bob Woodward book, Peril, how he like told Mike Pence that he wasn't going to be his friend anymore <laughs> if <Right>. he didn't, <laughs> if he didn't, you know, steal the election and overturn the American system on January 6th. And then uh, included in not being his friend was trying to have him assassinated. Um, but <laughs> like who would want to be friends with Donald Trump? I mean, right. 
like why would anybody want that why would anybody want to put themselves on the line for somebody like that i can't imagine that um being around him is pleasant you know well and didn't he fire bannon yes he did fire bannon and kind of talk shit about him yes or am i or am i or am i like misremembering who he talked shit about so why would you take a bullet for him well i think steve bannon has grandiose ideas of remaking the western world into more of a white supremacist fantasy um and he sees donald trump as part of that um yeah i mean he's the the new you know beloved leader right i guess but yeah i think that that's really what it is for bannon um because do do you, I guess this is the question. Do you believe, do you think that Bannon is a true believer in this shit? Or do you think just like, like Trump is pure cynicism and lying to grift? That's his goal. Do you think Bannon is a true believer in the shit that he says? Um, I don't know. What it's do you hard think? to say, right? I think yeah. I, I think mean, him and, yeah. I think he 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 might. I think he might because he's he's a lot of the architect in a way, or one of the architects of the all right movement. Mm-hmm. His running of Breitbart. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he he's kind of. Like really, what he is ultimately is an ideologue mm-hmm. of this movement. Guys like him and you know Ben Shapiro and shit—they're like mm-hmm. the intelligentsia of it, um, which is terrifying. Um, but you know, Bannon, and and another thing Bannon does is is very involved in that I hear about because I, I kind of follow religious news, is that he is very against Pope Francis and is trying to get the Catholic Church back to where it was pre-1960, which might as well have been in the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. So he's involved in a lot of, as you say, uh, reshaping Western civilization to some older times of, you know where where you have a certain strain of christianity is basically the only show in town and the people in charge are white and rich mm-hmm. and male and male yeah and straight um so do you think it's even possible like I'm very, you know, my mom was like, oh my God, they, you know, they did Bannon with contempt. And I was like, I am dubious as to whether anything's going to come of it. Well, I also think that it will elevate 
him and this idea that these people are patriots um like if for an example he was arrested and held in jail right you know i don't know i mean it's a scare it's a scary time in that like we don't um we don't know what the next thing will be that will set off a moment of violence. Like, I don't, I don't think that what happened on January 6th is over, especially because nobody's been held accountable. Um, now, obviously this is at least some kind of an investigation to what happened among the power players, but we don't know what the next thing is going to be that's going to spark this movement. So it because, could very yeah. well be holding Bannon, you know, in jail. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Because there is this paranoia, right, among the right, uh, fueled by Trump and Q and stuff, that that the Democrats who are really Marxists somehow are going to come and they're going to just arrest people they don't agree with or Republicans or Christians. I've, I hear that one a lot. Um, and uh, which is, of course, patently absurd. But a lot of people believe this is like, it's any day now, they're going to come knocking on the door, they're going to take away our guns, they're going to put us in jail, they're going to take away our Bibles, you know, all this kind of stuff. Camps. Yeah, exactly. So you're right. I mean, because Bannon is a high-profile person in the in that movement, and you know, it 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 can be seen that he's taking a bullet for Trump because he is taking a bullet for Trump, mm -hmm. and and um, and I can see where people would be like, kind of that he's a martyr, right? That they're, uh, and especially because, like I said. He was one of the architects and idea guys of that entire movement. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, if the, are they going to arrest him? Is he going to? Is he going to come? Is he going to? What you know? What is he going to do? Mm -hmm. It'll be very interesting to see that so a few months before he left office the donald um who uh spent i would say a third of his presidency playing golf and a third of his presidency on twitter um tweeting at all his enemies tweeting mm. policy tweeting national security stuff um, just, just all the time. Like, I just imagine him, you know, sitting, you know, texting away, uh, or tweeting away and Twitter and Facebook and all the, all the social media, major social media platforms banned him, mm -hmm. um, banned him. And he was, while he was still president, he was banned from um, most social media because the, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back was the 
perpetuating this idea that he won the election and it was stolen from him and all this other stuff was finally a bridge too far for the Mark Zuckerbergs and the Jack Dorseys of this world and they banned him. So Trump never won to be um, down for long um, uh, is, is launching his own social media network, his own platform, which is called, and maybe this is the most ironic name ever, Truth Social. So Truth, so Truth Social, the first iteration of the app comes out um, uh, next month. And then, you know, they're going to roll it out um, after that uh, in, you know, the beginning of next year. And it is a place basically for Trump and his followers to, I mean, Twitter and most of the social media are echo chambers anyway. Mm hmm you know, where like you're basically listening to people who share your views. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, but, but this is truly an echo chamber because I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to join. And I mean, some people are going to join and troll it, but well, they'll probably be kicked off. Ironically, they'll probably be kicked off. They're going to call each post a truth. Right. Like a tweet, but now it's a truth. Sure. Yes. And with someone who has a, shall we say, lackadaisical uh, mm. relationship with the truth, um, that is in particularly uh, ironic. Um, I mean, it's it was nice to not hear from him as much, you know? Like, it used to be every day, all day long, you were, like, hearing what was going on inside Trump's head. Now mm -hmm. he sends out those memos every week or so. Like, uh, the one he sent out this week, for example, in which... He seemed to be jealous of the attention that Colin Powell was getting after his death. And, uh, and he was like, well, I sure hope they treat me that, uh, that well when I die. He is ridiculous. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have to say I was talking with somebody about the Colin Powell thing yesterday. And like of the offensive things that Donald Trump has done, I don't even think that that's in the top 1,000. Um, I just like, I don't know. Um, this social media platform is going to be a joke, um, and probably extremely dangerous, uh, also, um, a breeding ground for right-wing terrorism. Um, but I just would say, and this is probably the last thing I have to say, um, is I wonder how Colin Powell is being memorialized in Baghdad. Well, sure. Uh, I'm not saying he kind of didn't have a point. I'm saying he always makes it about him. 
Oh, yes. He's a malignant narcissist with sociopathic tendencies. You know, it's, it's, and it's, small it's, hands. <laughs> it's one thing to say what you what you just said about recognizing that Colin Powell did a lot of fucked up things or was involved in a lot of fucked up things like Iraq, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, but it's another thing to say, well, you know, they treat him. Look at the way they treat him. They The press treats me terrible. I, I, I hope when I die, they're going to talk nice about me. And it's like, I mean, they're not. No. <laughs> but but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, he's so, it's unbelievable how childish he is. You know, like, like he, he, he's, he's like a little kid. Like another thing you mentioned, the Bob Woodward book that they mentioned in that book is people having to play music for him from their iPhones to calm him <laughs> down. My favorite thing, and we mentioned this last week, my favorite one being the song, memories from the musical cats that just imagine like 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 it's like a baby that you have to sing a lullaby so they go to sleep he is like a baby um i just remember like when he was um uh you know when he was the president you could always tell it was going to be a really like petty and ridiculous day when he started off in the morning with his arms crossed <laughs> like right. his defensive position and then it was just you know downhill from 11 a.m when he left the white house residence until 5 a.m when he stopped tweeting right um and his constant pouting mm-hmm do you remember when, speaking of Colin Powell, when H.W. died and all of the former living presidents were, and Trump, the current president um, at the time, were at the funeral and he, like, they were all sitting together, you know, nicely and he was off to the side <laughs> scowling yeah. um, with particularly orange makeup. Um, yeah. Well, and and the bush family didn't really want him there but no it was kind of like well you know he's the president so i guess he's got to come to the former president's uh, funeral um but uh no the guy has no decency no um uh and and it's it's like it's all about him and you know it's funny because people down south where I'm from um, are always talking about manners. You got to have good manners, right? Like uh, you know, manners cost nothing. You know, like yes, ma'am, yes, sir, all this kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. He is the most ill-mannered motherfucker I have ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, he's, you know, he's just telling her like it is. It's like, what the fuck? Well, it's because he's saying all of the things that they want to say. 
and don't have the chutzpah to say. Um, so it's easier to say um, that, you know, he's telling it like it is than it is to, you know what I mean? I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. really yeah. what it comes from. Yeah, he's he I think I think that's a lot of the whole thing with Trump, including how he won in the first place, is that a lot of people in this country agree with him, mm -hmm. though they wouldn't say the things he says out loud. Mm -hmm. But in their in their in their hearts, you know, and I guess there's no way to know what's in people's hearts, but in their in their heart of hearts they agree with everything everything that he says mm -hmm. and does um it's pretty amazing it's pretty historians if there is a future and that's a big if uh a friend of mine told me uh my a friend of mine who has a, a two-year-old uh, was asked by somebody the other day, how does it feel to be uh, the mother of one of the last generation? Mm. Could happen. But if there is a future, I think the question that historians will write books and dissertations about is why him? Why did was there this... Uh, this 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 complete shift uh or not a shift but wh why why the loyalty to this man mm -hmm. and i don't know the answer to it yeah and even if they agree with him right like a lot of there are a lot of people who think like he does why him i don't get it I don't get it either because it's not even like you know he's somebody like a, a ted cruz right. or you know like a fake evangelical who espoused like he's the antithesis i think as you were saying of everything that people the people who like him claim to stand for right family values respect the truth God fearing. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't either. Well, <laughs> that's all for <laughs> this week. Um, uh, you can check us out on all I have to say.net and all I have to say podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, and Truth Jack. Social. And Truth and I'm Social. Raven. <laughs> and that's all we have to say about it.